she is such a beautiful dancer and she makes the choreography part of the routine in such a way that I almost forget that she doesn't have more tumbling. She also does that amazing Y turn. She might actually be my favorite this year. So unfortunately, this was a getting stronger night. They had to face some of those challenges and be resilient and fight back. They showed terrific grit. I don't know what it is about the Alabama floor. I heard it was hard. And they didn't love it. You wish you could give more points to somebody who can complete a skill like that rather than just getting through it and not having deductions. Those three athletes are showing younger elite athletes how it's going to be possible to keep doing gymnastics into your 20s. And that's really never been a thing in the U.S. So here's my theory on that. Double Back with Kenty Mack. Welcome to season two of Double Back with Kenty Mack. Each week, I'll watch a meet and discuss it with a friend. This week, please welcome back Dr. Sam. Hi, Ken. I'm so happy to be back. Yeah, I think this is going to become our annual thing, right? Talking about Alabama and Florida. <laughs> I think so. I mean, one of the biggest meets of the year, and we have our little rivalry thing going. So why not? It looks very different than last year. Bama's got a a redefined coaching staff, a whole bunch of new freshmen. So it's an exciting new team to take a look at this year. Yeah, and I kind of feel the same way about Florida. Obviously, the coaching staff is the same, but there are a ton of new faces. Even if there were only two freshmen that came in, those returning from injury and also transfers, the sort of lineups from Florida look totally different than the end of last season. So before we jump right into the meet, was so excited to hear you commentate with Christine at LIU <laughs> and would love to hear an update if there's any upcoming meets where the Gymtronet can tune in and hear you talk about the gymnastics. Yeah, absolutely. So I would say nothing is officially confirmed. So my expectation is that I will do at least one more LIU meet this season and possibly one other meet on the East Coast that I'm still sort of waiting for full confirmation on. But it looks like I will do at least one more, if not two LIU meets. So I saw Maura got a 995 yesterday. She is on a roll just as she was last season. For me, it looks like she just picked up exactly where she was last season. Like same copy and paste routine that she did every single week. Nine, nine plus four. I hope that people picked her up on their fantasy teams this year because I know she was like hanging out in the trading pool last year and everyone was trying to snatch her. She looks strong and ready to go. She already has plenty of scores that could count for her NQS. So I see like, you know, three more weeks and she'll definitely be in the regionals uh, grouping. And then hopefully she can really like maybe pull it all the way out this year. I really like, I thought she was in Vegas National last year. And so that would be extremely cool. I still think that the Nationals qualification is too limiting. I think they could take the top two on each event and the top two all-arounders from the regionals. It would mean they would have to have two at the end of each lineup and prelims at Nationals. But that would mean that Maura could have made it last year. and. I did a little list of all the people who would have made national that didn't last year. And it's all these great names, of course, of people that we love throughout the season. So hopefully they'll find a way to get a few more individuals into the mix at nationals at some point in the future. I feel the same way. There are so many amazing individuals from teams that are not going to be in the top eight. I think often about someone like Maya Sutton, 
on Minnesota, who like I would expect Minnesota is not going to be in the top eight conversation this year with Lexi and Anna graduating. But somebody like Maya Hooten, you want to be at nationals, likely on multiple events. But you never know based on one day of regionals if she's going to get there. So I really hope the NCAA gymnastics people, whoever they are that decide those things, can have a conversation about, okay, maybe two individuals from each region. And Maya's not doing all around at this point. So she just has to fall into that number one on an event at regionals, which is so difficult and limiting. It was pretty upsetting that the end of the last two seasons where there were amazing individuals. It wasn't even like they had a bad day. It's just that they didn't get exactly the top score at all of these amazing athletes at the regional. So yeah. So two one more two athletes. What's on out of a regional? Why it seems like a parallel to me. Absolutely. That's exactly what I would like to see. That means you would have eight in prelims. You would have the 16 competitors plus two. Well, we see eight all the time when people have two exhibitions at the end of their lineup. So eight, I don't think is an unreasonable amount of routines. Yesterday at Rutgers, Illinois, multiple rotations had two exhibitions and it, the meet was still done in under two hours. So I, I don't see a real like argument in terms of eight in a rotation. So you've been traveling a lot this season. You've got a new philosophy. You're all over the place. This is cool. Yeah. So honestly, it really came out of nowhere. Last season was my first season in the DC area. And so it was my first season with the opportunity to see schools like Maryland and GW at their home meets. And this season I was planning on doing the same thing. Go to as many GW and Maryland meets as I can, and then go to one floor meet, which is exactly what I did last season. And then we did that day trip to Long Island. And I think that sort of flipped a switch where we were like, oh, well, sounds like it would be fun to just go somewhere else. Yeah. So I've kind of had this philosophy of, well, I'm going to go to something every weekend. I am going to take the opportunity to see some teams that I've never seen before or some teams that are different. And like we went to Rutgers yesterday. I've only been to Rutgers once before when I lived in New York. And the following weekend, I'm going down to visit my sister in Raleigh and see UNC and NC State, which I'm really excited to see because I've never been down to see them at all. I have a very, very busy week and a pretty like stressful job. And it just felt like this is what I enjoy doing on the weekend. So I should make it happen. So the plan is now a meet every weekend. They're all on the East Coast and most of them are driving with the exception of Florida. I actually added another Florida meet for in February. Just because I couldn't help it. I had such a great time. So yeah, I have one for every weekend. And I was just joking with my boyfriend about him being lucky that he's born between SECs and regionals because it's my only free weekend until like April. His birthday is the bye week. <laughs> the bye week. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's um, great. Yeah. Feed your joy and go see gymnastics in person. If there's any listeners who haven't been to a live meet, find someone near you and go. It's a really, really fun experience. Maybe see some teams that you don't normally see on the, the broadcasts. Illinois and Rutgers was so fun yesterday. And so just, yeah, for the love of gymnastics, see more, more teams. So coming into Bama, Florida, this is obviously an interesting time in the season. 
I wondered if Alabama might do a mini peak for this and try to go with ideal lineups and maximum score potential because Florida was coming to town. It seems like they're sticking to their guns in terms of a slow build throughout the season, continuing to work people into lineups. They did compete 11 people this meet. They had competed eight the first meet. So they're really taking a measured approach to introducing people into lineups. There also were a few people we didn't see this meet. Shallon Olson did not compete and McCurry Doggett did not compete. So I'm curious if that's a resting pacing decision or an injury decision. I haven't heard about either of those athletes. So it definitely was not what we would consider a full strength Bama lineup. What was your impression of kind of how Florida was approaching this meet in terms of lineups and, and skill choice? Yeah, I think with Florida, they had the Auburn meet last week and then the Alabama meet this week, which I think that they did sort of try to have a little bit of that early peak and then they're going to dip back down just because having those two meets and then they're not going to have another like extremely competitive meet until LSU in a few weeks. And, you know, we can talk about how we feel if LSU is extremely competitive this year. But, you know, they definitely had Auburn at home and then Alabama, which is Alabama away is an extremely hard environment. So I think that they did go with some of their more strong lineups. They had the three all-arounders that I think we'll see at the end of the season. But outside of those three all-arounders, I think they're still playing a lot. But I think we'll see them rested in the next few weeks as they have Georgia, Missouri, Kentucky, and then ramp back up for sort of the end of the season. That's kind of my expectation. Yeah, that lineup has done nicely for that. For a little mini peak, then a few weeks to work depth again and then have another mini peak. I wasn't sure what had happened with Rachel Bauman. The commentators mentioned it was a tweak of maybe her elbow that happened in warmups. Yeah, so I was actually there last week and saw it happen, which is always unfortunate. It was not anything really surprising. She did her one and a half in the one touch and she basically shot the ball like she didn't get any elevation off the table. And then she went back with the trainer and then she came back with her elbow wrapped and some ice. I think that Kathy and Bart said on the broadcast that she had like popped her elbow or something like that. From what I had heard at the end of the meet last week, Jenny didn't know what the sort of projected return was, but it seems like she's okay. They're just going to ease her back in. I think that we'll see her in a few weeks, maybe. I mean, I don't think that they need to sort of throw her back in until maybe LSU. So Bama unvolved in the first rotation. Like we mentioned, there was no Shallon and no Makari. They had two 10-0 valued vaults. That was Lily Hudson's one and a half. And then Jordan Paradise went in the sixth spot. And she was a huge standout for me. She did a great Yurchenko one and a half. Just a small hop forward, but I thought that looked really terrific. The other thing just to note, Shania Adams and Sania Mitchell both made their first lineup appearances this season. They vaulted in the first and second spot. Shania did a Yurchenko full that was very pretty. And then she had a very deep landing at the end. Like she wasn't quite ready for that. And Sania does the Yurchenko half that she overpowered a little bit and took some bounding steps forward. But again, working people into the lineups. Lauren Little went in the third spot, and I think it was the first time we had seen her vault as well. At that point, I thought, what is this lineup? Are we, are we drawing out of a, of a bag? I don't know who's going. But again, for not having seen too many freshmen worked into the lineup at the beginning of the season, we saw three of them in this meet. So 
that's going to pay rewards as they get more and more ready for season. Yeah. When I was watching the, I guess with the LSU Oklahoma meet, they said something about what KJ said, where like, you have to have nine routines if you want to like win. If you don't have nine routines ready to go, you're not going to win. And I think that Alabama was, especially on ball, really showing like, yeah, we, we have nine routines. Yeah. Gladio also just did a full this week. She's been doing the one and a half. She gets huge distance on that. So I wondered if that was, again, just giving her a week to not have to work that extra half twist or if maybe it didn't feel right in the warm up. But again, sort of felt like a checking in where we are throughout the season meet, not really a peaking meet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I definitely got that sense after the first rotation for Alabama and Florida on bars. They were going with the same lineup that they've gone with the last two weeks, which is sort of what I'm seeing as the core five and then plus one. So who's that plus one going to be? You know, is Morgan the first week? That obviously did not go fully according to plan. It's been Peyton Richards the last two weeks, which is definitely more of a depth option for Florida. She's not somebody that they would really want to be counting her score. And then I expect in the next few weeks, we'll either see Morgan again when she's a little bit more settled into the season, possibly see Riley in that spot as well. But the other core five, I think that that's sort of Florida's main five on bars. My also other hope is that maybe in a few weeks, Savannah would be back into that a sixth spot as well. So I think Florida is playing with that last spot, but the other five are pretty much where they're going to be at for the end of the season. And those five were great at an away meet in the first rotation. And I was completely shocked. Four out of five scored 9-9+. Nine, nine so freshman Kayla DiCello coming in with a 9-9-2-5. And she is just, I love watching her on all events, but I think bars for me is just like, I that full twisting double tuck that she can land perfectly chest up every time is so like aesthetically pleasing and then trinity and b and leanne all scored nine nine plus as well the question mark for me in that rotation was what the heck happened with sloan blakely's score she scored a nine seven seven five and the routine looked great the only major deduction that i saw was she always cowboys her double friend dismount and that should always be a deduction so generally she kind of tops out in the 9-9 range with a perfect routine because of that. Yeah, so she landed that dismount great. And some of the other places where you could take deductions, like the cast half on low, I thought this was a really good one. And then there's that toe half at the end, which I thought she got close enough. So yeah, I, I wasn't sure where the deductions came from either. It was the yeah. only score that Florida counted throughout the evening that was below 9-8. <laughs> Looked back at the sheet. It was a 9-7, split for the judges. So I don't know what the nine, seven judge, like nine, eight, five feels very reasonable for that routine. I also don't have a problem if the lineups begin in that nine, seven, seven, five area. I think there could be kind of a reduction overall in scores because they are a little bit through the roof. But again, that's not how they were scoring everybody else in this meet. So that's what just made it stand out a little bit. The back two thirds of that lineup is really fantastic to watch. Leanne Wong in particular, she works handstands a lot different than everybody else. And they're so beautiful to watch. I just thought her final handstand showed a little bit of arch. That was the only thing I would have taken in her routine. And I hadn't seen Victoria Nguyen do her bars routine. And it's so pretty, just pretty, pretty bars. It's so joyful to see her transfer and have this kind of season where she can really compete her three events and look so 
comfortable and do such beautiful gymnastics. One of the words that I always use to describe Leanne Wong is patient. Her gymnastics is very patient. She holds things like for that extra split second. And she sort of moves through her routine in this very like calm, patient manner. It's quite different than a lot of the very aggressive bars and beam workers, especially that we see. Like I always put her in sort of on the opposite of somebody like Sloan or somebody like Alyssa Bauman, who was like so aggressive and quick. She's very, very, very patient. And it's so, so nice to watch. And it makes it you like have this sort of gasp as she's holding for the extra second before she goes. I felt the same way about the handstand on the high bar, which is why I was the nine nine felt very, very normal to me. It was like a tenth for that and everything else felt like practically perfect. For me, I just and I think we'll talk about her plenty more times. It is so great to watch her be so involved and so happy and competing so much. I'm such a sucker for chows because I love a good bean routine. So I was always like a huge Rachel Gowie fan, a huge Nora Flatley fan back in their early elite days. So B was no different. And so I've followed her for a long time and her career at Georgia just was never hit the mark she could really reach. And now like having those routines back to back every week and being in lineups, like securely in the lineups is, it's very special. And it seems like her friendship with Morgan, it seemed like they're both just really, really happy. And I think that both of them just really, really deserve to like whatever team it was they ended up on, like be together and be really, really happy doing gymnastics. You look at the scores from yesterday, Josie Anjani outscored the entire Kentucky lineup on bars in the Kentucky-Georgia meet. So I think it's about finding the program where you really fit perfectly. And I'm so excited that it feels like Victoria has found the program where she really fits. Like you said, she's got her best friend there. She seems to be doing great gymnastics. So... That seemed like a great fit for her. That's really what we hope for. And so somebody like V, maybe Georgia just wasn't right for her and Florida is. I know Florida has, within the last few years, at least a pretty good, I'm knocking on wood here, but history with managing athletes that have a variety of injuries. I mean, Megan Skaggs was a top all-arounder for two full seasons, and we know she has ankles basically made flat. So being able to manage somebody like V who couldn't, perform as often in Georgia. It seems like Florida really has hit the injury management with her really well. And maybe that was something that she, you know, she didn't click with the process at Georgia the same way that Josie Anjani, you know, I mean, Josie was great at Kentucky and she seems to also be great at Georgia. So it, it really is different things for different athletes. And I hope that it's a really good fit for V at Florida. It seems Rachel also obviously transferred from Georgia and we haven't seen as much of her yet because of that little injury, but in terms of her progress in the preseason and all of her just like energy, she seems also very happy at Florida. So I think it's just about the athlete and where they should end up. Yeah. She went on that first meet and showed that amazing floor exercise routine. <laughs> it was like, oh, this is going to be a nice fit here. <laughs> yeah. And I think that Florida is just really happy to have both of them with the loss of Alyssa and Megan after last year, they had a lot of lineup holes to fill, but I think that having both of them plus Kayla, plus the return of then Morgan and Ellie Lazari, it's like an embarrassment of riches of beautiful routines. And I think that that also is just a great environment in the gym. Can you imagine having 12 
nine, nine possible B routines and you have to fight in the gym every week for it to be you. So moving into rotation too, Florida over on vault, like you mentioned, they started with the two fulls. They didn't find the landings on a lot of their big 10-0 vaults, but I thought Trinity at the end of the lineup, of course, was a huge highlight. Just a big, beautiful Yurchenko one and a half, just a tiny scoot forward, but that was such a great vault. And like you said, to be their first road meet in a challenging environment for her to go out and nearly stick that pole was great. Yeah, for me, the two that I'm watching are Peyton Richards and Kayla DiCello. So both of them, I expect to remain in that sort of final lineup. I'm really watching over time how those one and a halfs are coming along. I think it's totally fair for right now for there to be, you know, a little bit on the landing, you know, scoring in the nine eights. But I really am watching closely how those two vaults will head towards hopefully nine nines and higher in the postseason. I expect both of them will be in that sort of final six. Same with Leanne Wong. She is sort of following the same trajectory she had last season. Doesn't need the stick at these first few weeks. Make sure she's getting the height and she'll get the stick later in the season. Yeah, I think they even mentioned before Kayla went that the coaching staff had said to her, don't go for the stick right now. You're just going for a big completed vault. If it's a step forward, that's great. I think in her mind, she was kind of going for the stick because she just had a little scoot back. But like you said, that's going to continue to progress the more times she competes it. She's so, so competitive. And that is, she's just got this very chill persona. I really love to see that sort of grit and that desire to be perfect. I think that she's like settling in really, really well. And I will, I expect she'll be sticking that ball in like three weeks. I think that the NCAA difficulty requirements are also working really well with her. The final part of her elite career, it felt like she was having to go for some skills that did not look as great, that she wasn't able to complete as smoothly. I remember that double tuck beam dismount was one of the ones that always felt a little bit what's going to happen there. It does remind me a little bit of Trinity's transition from elite to college. I don't find them very similar in terms of their gymnastics, but in terms of their transition, Trinity was always a great elite gymnast, beautiful skills, but she was never in the real winning nationals kind of group because she had, and she had a lot of skills that, you know, that just kind of decreases your ability to do all of them perfectly. And then when she came to college, it was just like, oh my goodness, how do you pick five beautiful skills to do? And she does them perfectly every week. I think that Kayla will have a similar trajectory where she was great in elite. but there's definitely specific skills that are just so perfect. And now she's doing those in college. I have a special place in my heart because she's from Maryland, but I think that she really like was made for NCAA gymnastics. Bama headed to bars in the second rotation. At the first part of the rotation, it looked like Louisa was in her jacket. So I wasn't sure if she was even going to be in the lineups. And of course, with Makari not being in the lineups, I thought, Ooh, what's what's going on? But it was nice to see that Louisa went in that sixth spot. She looked great. Her routine was terrific. Just moved maybe one foot on the dismount. I thought Lily kicking off the rotation with that stuck dismount, she had some form issues in the middle of the routine, but I thought that was a great way to start. And then unfortunately, there were the two falls. Lauren Little went in the second spot. Her handstands were beautiful. She has pretty skills. I thought this can develop into a really nice routine. It's just going to take a few more times, of course, getting her used to competition. Beautiful exercise. She got a 9-2 with that fall. 
And then Jordan Paradise went in the third spot and just passed a little bit over on her final handstand and couldn't quite pull it back on top of the bar. We've seen that so many times, right? With the the struggle on the final handstand. I know. And it was so, it was kind of heartbreaking because you were like, you're so close. You're so close. Yeah, I really... I like her bars. I find them like really nice to watch. And it was, yeah, it was like, oh, no, Matt, you were so close. Yeah. The, the back end, I thought, did a great job. Maddie, Cam, and Louisa pulling back together. You know, at that point, we knew that the win was probably out of reach. What Coach Johnston's been saying all along is it's not about the result, it's about when there's a moment to face adversity, to fight back, to overcome. It's about meeting those moments and getting stronger. So unfortunately, this was a getting stronger night. This was a night that they had to face some of those challenges and be resilient and fight back, which I thought they did for the rest of the meet. They showed terrific grit, really fought back. After the second rotation of Florida, of course, was up by about nine tenths of a point. Some of that's the fall. Some of that's the counting the scores in the nine sevens at the first part of the lineup. Of course. Florida only counted one of those. There were a couple of those on each event from Alabama as we continue to explore depth and get people worked into the lineup. So that's really going to be this challenge for Alabama as they move through the season. The other thing that KJ Hindler said is that you have to start with a 9-9. So I think every team in the country is working on who are those people that can kick those lineups off with the 9-9 or close to a 9-9 so that they can just continue to to build from there. Yeah, I was, it was sad to me because I actually find Alabama's bars lineup generally to be one of the sort of non-Florida lineups that I really like. I find Maddie Walgora and Cam Machado and Luisa Blanco to just be really pretty bars workers. And so obviously all three of them did great. And so I was happy to see that, but I hope that they can develop into that like beautiful bars team again this year. I know last year when we talked, I like waxed poetic about Luisa Blanco and her handstands because how can you not? She's like truly stunning. But I also find Cam Machado's handstands to be really, really beautiful. So I hope as they sort things out and figure out who is going to be in that lineup, they obviously didn't have Bakari Dargett and, you know, see how that settles out this season. But I think, yeah, that the facing adversity is really important. You want to be ready for those moments when they come later in the season because, I always think back to like one of my most traumatic gymnastics losses, the Corvallis Regional for Florida, and how they had those two falls on beam in the first rotation, and they kind of let it, you know, let the rest of them fall apart. Oh, yeah. It's never over till it's over. We've seen Florida came back and won a national championship under similar circumstances. (laughs) UCLA won a national championship from far behind. And I think you're right. It's you got to have that ability to just put it out, get rid of it, and attack the next event. Speaking of, Alabama moved to beam, kicked off with Ella Burgess, who was not in the lineup the first week, but I'm glad that she's found her way back into that steady first position. I love her as the leadoff. She reminds me of Sophia Groth a little bit with the facial expressions and the joy and exuberance that she gives to her her balance beam routine. She did a great job, including the super bent over college salute there at the end to fix her gator pike that was just a little bit forward. So she said, I got this. I'm going to bend all the way over backwards. 
She is always, so she only does the one event and she is always one of my favorite Alabama gymnasts. I, it's something about that like aggressively energetic beam work to start off the lineup that is so lovely to watch. I actually have her on one of my fantasy teams just for that one routine because I like her so much. And when she was not in the first week, I was like, oh no, like what's happening? I need her back. And so I don't know what it was the first week, but she seems to be very much in that first spot. And like KJ said, you know, start off with the nine, nine, like she really sets the rotation in motion and is really, really good at being in that first spot and fighting for every 10th. I find her just so like joyful to watch. I just enjoy her gymnastics so much. Lillian Lewis went in the second spot. She's the athlete that had made her debut in the beam lineup last week when she had to step in for Makari and did such a beautiful job. She has a very pretty routine. This week, her backhand spring layout step out didn't go exactly right. She had a wobble and a leg up, but she fought through, did a nice routine. And then I thought Gabby Gladio was one of the big, real standouts in this rotation. She does the backhand spring back pike and then ends with the double tuck, which always has that little stab. She totally stuck this one. And that was a huge moment of celebration for the team. They were just all able to jump up and down and celebrate. And it felt like that fighting through adversity part. They had sort of come through on the other side of that with a great balance beam rotation. So I have a question for you as an Alabama fan. Does she trade bars as well? Is she expected to be in the all-around? Because I think she is just excellent on the other three. And I really love watching her. I mean, we'll get to her floor later. But she just, that backpike is so cool. I love your routine that isn't the like cookie cutter with the backpike and also the double tuck dismount. She's just like, she's one to keep your eye on. I think she and... I expect her and Kayla to be going back and forth with like SEC Freshman of the Week honors every week. And so I wonder, does she do bars? Is she expected to be an all-rounder? She does. Yeah. In the Crimson and White team preview, she actually competed all around. And actually, Priest Johnston mentions that she is, a number of them are training all around, actually. A lot more, I think, than last season are training all around. So like you said, hopefully we'll see her move into the bars lineup. She is that spark plug kind of athlete. She doesn't have the toe point and leg extension of a Luisa Blanco, but she's a quick and powerful and really exciting athlete. And I would be excited to see what her bars looks like. Back to the back pike. You know, we lost Lexi Graber's back pike last mm -hmm. season. So it's nice to have a new back pike to pay attention to this year. Yeah, I find her, she kind of falls into that category. I have like a Shaolin or somebody who just has like these skills that it's like, it is so impressive that you're doing those in college. She is so fun to watch because she has such energy and does such big gymnastics. It kind of breaks up the sort of cookie cutter back to back of a lot of these meets to see somebody who does cool different skills like that. So Lily Hudson and Luisa Blanco wrapped up that rotation. Another great one from Luisa Blanco, just a hop on the dismount. She, of course, had had a miss on her acro series last week with that sort of awkward fall at Arkansas. So it was great to see that she was totally on with that this week. She had turned the page there and every counting score was over 9-8 for Bama Beam. So a really strong way to come back from that bars rotation. Yeah, I absolutely agree. It's hard to go from a miss on bars straight to Beam, you know, 
we always talk about being the away team and having been in a loss rotation is hard, but going from a bar's miss to beam is also a really hard thing to do. And they definitely came back really strong. And I thought that their beam routines were were really great. They have definitely like a really good base to work on through the season. And I think that a lot of those nine eight five, nine eight routines will likely move up into the nine nines as the season progresses. And hopefully if Makari can get back into this lineup and maybe we see a few other faces move into this lineup throughout the season, we'll start to figure out who the, the final six will be. Over on floor in the third rotation, one of the big highlights from the first part of Florida's lineup is Victoria Nguyen. She's got such beautiful tumbling that front double twist right into a Sasson was just pretty, pretty. I remember seeing her very early in her Georgia career do a floor routine. And I thought, oh, she's so gorgeous on floor. And we didn't see her very much after that. So it's really nice to see her back on floor. She's got a gorgeous presentation. I have to say, you know, I, t- I look at all the Florida floor routines and she might actually be my favorite this year. She is really like she performs so well. She has such wonderful poise and the tumbling is really, really clean. She does the two pass, but she is such a beautiful dancer and she makes the choreography be a part of the routine in such a way that I almost forget that she doesn't have more tumbling. She also does that amazing Y turn, which I'm like such a sucker for a Y turn as a former dancer. So I, I love her routine. I think that she's really sort of solidifying herself as a member of what will be the final lineup on floor. They have a lot of options. And they have options that they, you know, haven't even brought out yet. And I think with her, she's really just demonstrating, like, I have no problem with going every single week and doing the same, basically copy-paste 98599 routine, which is really what you're looking for in that first part of the lineup. I was really happy to see Rachel Bauman back. It was not as good as the first week. She didn't quite have the lift on the tumbling passes. And honestly, I... I heard they don't like the Alabama floor. I don't know what it is about the Alabama floor. I heard it was hard and they didn't love it, but she really like, she got a 9825 and she finished that routine strong. She's another one that I just really enjoy watching on floor. She has a very similar style to her sister, obviously, that's like so aggressive and so competitive and it's really just fun to watch. So I'm really, really, really happy that she's back. For Kayla Dutello, she let off this week, which she hasn't been in that lead off position before. She got a 9-8, which felt honestly a little low to me in terms of how some of the other routines were scored. She starts with the front double full. I expect that they will be changing that out soon. I'm hearing that she's really pushing to switch to a new pass for that first tumbling run. But she's another one who just has really big tumbling and I think will continue to progress as the season goes. Um, Trinity Thomas got her lowest floor scores since last February of a 995. Which, if you can even say that sentence, it just makes me laugh quite a bit because she had a streak of like six tens before this. And I I thought this routine was fairly similar to the same one that she's always done. My expectation, you can't really see it on the broadcast as much, is that maybe she moved her front foot a little bit on the double layout landing. That would be my guess because everything else looked really strong. The angle that they showed the double layout from in real time, it was hard to tell. And then they went back and showed it from a different angle in the replay. And I thought, was it? It, it didn't seem like her very best double layout, but I, I couldn't see if the front foot moved or not. But 
like you said, that could be where the judges had a question. I think that she'll likely take a few weeks off of floor within these next few weeks, give some other athletes an opportunity to get into the lineup and give her a chance to kind of rest. But yeah, she's pretty much perfect every time she does that routine. And then we finish with Morgan Hurd, which we saw her for the first time on floor last week. And that was really like being in the Odome for that was like an emotional experience for me. And I'm not a particularly emotional person, but that was really special to see her hit that routine last week and just have that step out of bounds. This week, the routine was not quite as strong. I don't know if it was, like I said, the athletes at the that Bama floor was really hard or if, you know, the just the travel and everything was not really like her best routine. But I think I'm really happy that she got another spot in the lineup. It makes me happy to see the coaches allowing her sort of some grace with getting into the season. I expect that she'll be back in the Bears lineup for another try soon. So it's just really positive to see the coaches kind of giving her that grace with getting back into competition after so long. She's such a favorite of the gym tournament. She's such a special athlete in terms of many things. So I hope that, you know, with the depth that Florida has, we'll continue to see her in these three different events that we've already seen her in. So here's my theory on that. And I would love to hear what you think. Mm -hmm. It's very, very smart of the staff at Florida to work them in, in certain ways. An athlete like Morgan Hurd, who is a famous and also just such a beloved athlete because she's got great skills and she's an amazing gymnast and also beloved just because she's the unexpected world champion and she's the crusader for human rights and equality. I think they're getting a bit more leeway in terms of being totally ready and all the way prepared to compete because of that, a little bit of that sixth spot can get a little bit of forgiveness. And I think it's a smart choice on Florida's part, because I think that the judges are going to also be wowed by her being there. I would say in general that Florida is very, very smart with their choices in terms of how they construct lineups and how they construct routines. People are always complaining about it. And I say, don't hate the player, hate the game. They really know how to play the routines and play the lineups the way to build the best scores. And it may not be how other teams would do it, but it really is smart and it works very well. And so I can see a little bit of that as well in this. I can see them putting Morgan in that sort of last spot on bars and then last spot on floor to give them a chance to really like just settle in and do it and see what happens. But I also think that they see something in the gym from Morgan that they haven't seen in competition yet. Morgan actually went in last week totally unexpected because of Rachel Bauman going down. So Morgan was not even supposed to be in the lineup. And that's why they put Morgan last because they were like, all right, let's take the pressure off. Let's see if we can, you know, just see what Morgan does. Let's hope that the rest of the lineup is really great and see what Morgan does. And last week, I mean, it would have been a 9925 without them a step out. And I was extremely impressed with Morgan last week. It felt like, you know, they'd been saying that they weren't ready and it felt like very much like ready to go with that routine. So I think that, you know, this this week, it was clear that the loops were just, I mean, Morgan missed that leap and then it was sort of like, 
a little bit of a mess. But I, I wonder know. if part of that too, if you're feeling like the floor is an unaccustomed feeling, a little harder, a little less bouncy, I wondered if that maybe had something to do with the leap pass too, because it was like the switch ring and then into a turning leap that kind of never got all the way up or, yeah. or turned or something. And I thought maybe that's part of the bouncingness of the floor too. Yeah. And Morgan did that leap connection very well last week. So she does the switch ring into the switch ring half, which is a leap that really doesn't look good on a lot of people. It's not one of my favorites, certainly. And you have to have very, very good ring leaps to even make it look remotely appealing or even make it get credit because, and Morgan does have extremely good ring leaps. So there's sort of been this opportunity of like, okay, you're going to be armed if you do it. And then because they missed it this week, they had to do the like, I forgot which second switch one and a half, which is also very <laughs> difficult to get credit. Extremely difficult. So, and then because they had done like both the missed connection on the leap and the sort of like half switch, half ring. And then they did the other leap. It was like the sort of energy, like the amount of energy to do all of that had like, I feel like plummeted and and, and your mind's out. racing, right? Because you're yeah. trying to reconstruct the routine and figure out what else you have to do to get your credit. Credit to Morgan for that, because some athletes don't have the presence to kind of throw in that extra leap. I know that's something that Jeremy really works with the athletes on is if you miss this, this is what you're going to do. So Leanne missed the stag out of the Dos Santos this week, and she added the, the second popa in her leap combination in order to get to that 10-0 start. And I believe Victoria also has another, if she misses that Tucson out of the double full, she has something else to do as well. So I think that's really smart coaching and really smart preparation. I hope that in a few weeks, you know, Morgan will be really ready to go, but I'm happy that Morgan's had the opportunity in three lineups up until now. The other thing that I would love to see because she was a little forward on that pike's double back, she had the bounce forward almost hand down. So if the correct angle exists, we need to see the Shea Campbell edit on that. <laughs> I know it really shot her forward the same way that a lot of those other edits. So we will see if Florida can provide that. Morgan seems to be really into the taking that in stride. They obviously posted the their as we called it on the, bolt, the, bars. the yeet off the bars on Instagram. So I wonder if Morgan would be cool with sharing another angle of that so that they can too have their Shea Campbell edit. I just appreciate that Morgan's taking every opportunity to be viral. We're getting the Shea edit. We're... <laughs> there was a long time in the last two years, maybe even three years, where I personally wasn't sure if Morgan was ever going to like make it to a competitive Virginia, Florida. It was like, well, if Morgan makes the Olympic team, are they going to come to Florida? If Morgan makes it to world championships. Is Morgan going to ever come to Florida? And then there was, of course, the like upsetting 2021 with the injuries. And then it was like, okay, well, are they going to even be wanting to come and do NCAA gymnastics? And there was always the sort of like, is Morgan going to ever arrive in Florida? And then Morgan arrived in Florida and like promptly upon arriving, learned that they had an ACL tear. And it was like, 
Ben Morgan had the ACL surgery and was unable to compete last year and now has redshirted the season. But I think that this progression from last year being like the team's biggest cheerleader on the sideline and really getting into that like NCAA atmosphere of the like screaming and doing the, you know, tumbling with the or doing the choreography with the athletes and standing in the corner and screaming for the tumbling passes and things like that. Morgan really settled into that. And I just like seeing them actually in the Florida leotard and doing the routines is like all I kind of hoped for. It seems as though Morgan has retreated last season, which leads me to believe that they want to compete for four seasons and they want to have that full college experience. And just inferring that and seeing them in the routines is just like a full joy to me. The grace that she's been given because of who she is feels similar to me with what they were doing with Riley last season. That be that bars routine was not coming together, but they continued letting her have the opportunity to do it because everyone has eyes. We've seen her bars, you know. <laughs> it's it's a routine that should be in there when Riley's ready for it. Yeah, exactly. I I think that that is like again a testament to the coaching. If they have the other five routines it's it's great to put a Riley in there instead of somebody who's going to be hitting 98 every week. It felt also a little bit similar to, now she doesn't have the name, but how they treated Gabby Gallantine her first year. Like she had that stunning bars routine and it was basically like a 995 or a 92. It was sort of one, of the, uh, one or the other and they didn't really have enough depth to really be replacing her, but it felt the same way where it was like they knew they had five great routines and it was just kind of worth it to take the gamble a little bit. And I think this year they will not be gambling in postseason, but I think that, you know, taking the gamble now, it's worth it. And I think what you're telling me is that once Shiley's Jones gets to town and we start seeing her in her Florida leotard, we're going to have the same kind of everything that we've been through was worth it because now she's here. She says she's coming to Florida. She took the picture with Sky and Leanne at Worlds just this past year. So I think that she still is committed and planning on coming to Florida. But it's another one. Like, I'll believe it when she takes the picture with the Gator on campus. Like, with her, it'll be the same thing with the first routine. Where it'll be like, oh, my gosh, she's actually here and actually wearing orange and blue. Surprise. That reminds me of Sabrina Vega. Like, when she finally came to Georgia, it was like, Oh, okay. She's older than the seniors now, but it's great to see athletes that can extend their careers. And Shiley has obviously reached that sweet spot in her elite career where she's doing better than she ever has. And so she should give it a run and see how far she can go with it if that's her dream. She was amazing at World this year. <laughs> Yeah, I, I had chatted with Owen a little bit, and then I had this realization of like Florida's team this year is very old. In terms of like how just how old the athletes are, you have numerous graduate students who are all over 21, some over 22. And you have Morgan and Riley, who are both over 21 as a sophomore and a redshirt freshman. And so it's just a much more mature team. And it's really a great demonstration of like how you can continue your career into your 20s and how sometimes doing that is even better. Like having that sort of maturity with your training and maturity with your competing is actually a benefit. So we don't have to stop doing hard gymnastics when you're 18. Like 
I think we're seeing this across teams with the seniors having this additional COVID season and being super seniors. Because in everybody's mind, they had four more years and that was how far their body could go and how far their gymnastics could go. And with many of them we're seeing, I was able to go an extra year and in some cases have even my best season ever. You know, Nora Flatley is looking better in her senior and super senior year. She's able to compete more events than she was competing earlier in her career. I think it's, you know, it, it just speaks to the longevity of the careers. If, if the athletes are well taken care of, they pace themselves, they can keep competing probably even more seasons. Yeah. And I think that I was thinking about this also in terms of the sorting question mark about next season and what Jade and Jordan and Leanne might do. We already know that Sumi is done after this year with NCAA, but the question mark is, you know, Jade, Jordan, and Leanne all have an opportunity to make the Paris team. Or are they going to take all next year's NCAA season to make that run? And I think that a lot of these fifth-year athletes are showing, yeah, you could do that and you can also come back. Like you can be 24 and be in NCAA and still competing. And if they make the team, then they can always come back afterwards. And it's not an either or. It's an opportunity. And I think that those three athletes in particular are showing younger elite athletes how it's going to be possible to keep doing gymnastics into your 20s. And that's really never been a thing in the U.S. So I am very, very happy to see those kind of changes. And just the NCAA is showing that athletes can keep going and be winning and strong in their early 20s. I mean, Megan Staggs is one of my favorite Florida athletes ever. And she, again, held her best two seasons when she was in her 20s. Senior and, and super senior. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Marcus Eder Frazier is really showing that she can come back and be, you know, amazing in her fifth year. A couple of other athletes. I remember Claire Kaji at, at Iowa had six years, I believe, and she was excellent in her fifth and sixth year. So I think it's just showing a lot to younger athletes that you don't have to be like, you don't have a shelf life of 20 or 21. I find it really interesting that SUNY's been, as you said, very transparent about her plans. And it does make one wonder for the others, are they going to take the season off? And they just haven't talked about it yet. A lot of athletes and teams, I think, choose to speak to the now and save announcements like that for later. Or will any of them do the Brittany Rogers or Shallon Olsen plan, compete the season, and then go back to elite? You know, it that might be something that's more accomplishable if you're trying to make the Canadian Olympic team than if you're trying to make the U.S. Olympic team. So I expect we'll see at least a couple of those choose not to compete next season. But that'll just be interesting to see who comes back, Brenna Dowell style, and then has an excellent final couple of seasons after the run for the Olympics. Yeah, and I also think about someone like Anna Lee who came back to elite after her NCAA career and she was focused mostly on bars, but is that something that we could ever see any of these athletes do because of this sort of bigger demonstration of being able to stay in the sport longer? I hold up this tiny bit of hope that Trinity Thomas does not close the door on going back to elite. And she said that she hasn't closed the door. So I hold this tiny bit of hope that like maybe Trinity Thomas will come back to Alita as like a bars and beam specialist after she finishes this season. I've got that same hope that Lindsey Brown mm-hmm. can make it to the Olympics for Haiti. Cause I know that was her original plan and you know, her 
ankles have had different plans for her, but she's back now on bars and beam and looking great this season. So, and I know their intention is to get her back into the other two events as well. She was yeah. posted as being in the vault last night, although she didn't actually end up doing the vault. Yeah. I think where Denver needs her the most is on floor. So hopefully we'll see her floor toward the end of the season. So question heading into the fourth rotation, Bart said, yes. Florida's going to give it one more go to win the national championship. And I thought, I think I know what he's talking about, but I think Florida wants to give it a lot more goes at winning the national championship. So, Yeah, I think that he is sort of maybe misrepresenting what a lot of us are feeling that like this Florida roster is probably the best that they're maybe ever have had and maybe will ever have. A roster where you have the opportunity for a fifth-year Trinity Thomas, a... Leanne Wong coming off of the world team medal, a Kayla DiCello coming in. I don't know if you're ever going to have that again, depending on what Leanne does next year with Trinity finishing next year. I think I expect to see a little bit of a dip from Florida. I mean, we're still talking making national, but. But this is I a think- magical season with a lot of talent that you in a normal year wouldn't expect to have all together on the same team. If it's going to happen, this is such a great season for it to happen because the stars have aligned. But, but I also I think the way it came out just yeah. kind of sounded like, Bart, is that? Did Jenny tell you that? Or did you right. make that up? Yeah, it felt strange to me also because I think a lot of us, of course, are not looking past this season or even not looking past next season. But Florida's recruiting class for the season after that is just like the most wild recruiting class I've ever seen. It might, it might to me talk the like Trinity Thomas, Savannah Shanehair, and Naya Reed recruiting class. That's the class that's going to have Danielle Ferris and Lily Bruce and Shailise Jones and Sky Blakely. Florida is certainly planning on making a push for a national championship every year. I think that Bart's comments maybe could be more related to like this year. It seems like the stars should align. And if you cannot make it to a national championship with you know, Kayla, Trinity, Leanne, B, Morgan, again, like, what, what are you doing? What are you doing with your life? <laughs> I'll just add that I think that people forget that last season they were really close. I mean, it came down to like a few tenths at the end. And it came down to like one stuck vault landing or something like that. And yes, Oklahoma did win it last year, but I think Florida was right there on their heels and absolutely could have on the day. And people are like, oh my gosh, well, Florida with all this talent, they've never won. It's like, well, they got really close several times. This is not like a bad Florida performance at at nationals last year. Yeah, Florida definitely did not lose nationals last year. Oklahoma stepped up and had those three quite hot rotations and one any other day it could have been florida's me yeah i think that people put a lot of pressure on jenny and this roster because it's so stacked <laughs> so and stacked. the depth is wild but you have to be there on the day so fourth rotation florida moved into beam excellent excellent rotation on beam a question i had for you so it's great to see Ellie Lazori back on the beam. She's got such beautiful style and those split positions are gorgeous. So she does the switch leap into the split leap. She had a little minor wobble after the first leap and she 
kept moving and finessed it. In my mind, that could be a broken connection. And she doesn't have a backup connection. I don't think NCAA judges downgrade when it's very close like that. I think it has to be kind of a more significant wobble than that. But she did show a slight wobble after the first leap. And in my mind, that means that's not really a leap connection. I would expect that she has something else that comes later if she feels like she was going to lose that connection and either maybe it didn't feel as much of a break to her and so she just didn't do it or she just like you know was in a moment and didn't think about it i know for a fact that multiple of the other athletes have another skill ready to go so i would expect that she does and i would expect that she'll probably watch back that routine and be like mm, maybe i should have done it just in case that's why last season leanne would always have like a million individual acro skills by themselves like so she would do like the side aerial the front aerial, the side semi, like she just had like a million individual pieces. And it was mostly because she never made the connections that she was like intending to make. They wanted her to do like a beat jump after the side aerial and she like would not do the beat jump. So she just had to do another side semi or something like that. So I hope Ellie has something prepared. She's too beautiful to, you know, lose something based on a connection like that. That's funny. Leanne's like, I'll do all the backup options. Don't worry. That seemed like Leanne's personality. <laughs> yeah. I remember asking Jenny about it last season and she was like, yeah, we just want her to do like, you know, front aerial beat jump or something like that. And she never felt right doing the beat jump afterwards. So she just did like a bunch of individual acro skills by themselves. And everybody was like, why does she have so many? And it's like, it's what Leanne is comfortable with. You don't argue with Leanne Wong when she's comfortable with something. I'm glad you bring up the backup options too, because not in this meet, but in some of the other meets, there's athletes that have an unconnected beat jump toward the end of their routine. They'll do all their things and they'll get all their connections. And before they're dismount, they just do an unconnected beat jump. Maybe their plan is, I'm just going to do it every time. I don't get a deduction for it. But that way it's ready when I have to throw it in after a split leap or after a backhand spring or something. So V was on beam for the first time this week. Beautiful routine. Like mm -hmm. Really, really excited to see her in that lineup. And she actually is supposed to do a season after her turn combination. So she's supposed to do the Y turn, the reverse single turn, and then the season. She didn't do it this week. And then she does that leap series that she did afterwards because she didn't do the season. Now, personally, I like this construction better because I doing a Sison out of a leap or out of a turn combination. Of two turns. would be really nervous, but that's actually her projected routine is to do the Sison out of those turns and not to do the leap combination that she did afterwards. So the switch leap into the split leap, which by the way was gorgeous. That's gorgeous. Yeah. Wow. Well, I agree with you. That looked spectacular. You know, the onodi into back handspring oh. is also one of those like dicey things that you might have a hard time getting connection for. Well, not when V does it because it was perfect. It was, it was so, so beautiful. And the onodi is one of my favorite skills ever. Like I just love an onodi. And, you know, Alyssa Bauman teased us with the onodi like a couple of times at Florida and then it disappeared because it wasn't consistent. And V is just like, that is such an easy skill for her. And she just does it straight into the backhand spring. And I am very, very happy that she is in 
theme line. I've probably been waiting for her to make her beam debut. Hey, it was so much fun to see, of course, Morgan was the first person who ran out to give a huge hug and a big celebration when Victoria finished her routine. And like you said, it was her first time and she looked wonderful. 9825 on that beam routine. And I think we'll expect to see that one. <laughs> and like yeah, you said, think... the Y turn that we loved so much on oh. floor, we get to see it again on beam. <laughs> I know. She just has such a different beam routine. Very different than we were talking about with Bla Gabby Gladio, who has this like sort of tricky, really, really difficult tumbling type of routine. V has this very like beautiful dance skills type of routine that I just really, really love to see. I thought that most of her deductions were likely on the dismount where she hopped and then sort of stepped together again on the beam. She really showed like complete mastery of what she was doing on the beam. Beautiful 180 splits, really, really nice extension in the Acro series. So I think she will be working to clean up that dismount and hopefully staying in that lineup as well. Kayla DiCello went up after her. She gets so much height. Like she finishes her switch series so high. She finishes that handspring layout step out so high. It's really impressive to see and you wish you could reward and give more points to somebody who can complete a skill like that rather than like just getting through it and not having deductions. She's the exemplar of that's why the code could be rethought a bit. Score could come down a little bit so that Kayla DiCello can get higher scores. <laughs> so this was her first beam win. And I was really happy that she was rewarded for that. I never thought that Beam was going to be one of my favorite events to see her do. I always thought I was going to be like, oh, Lauren Ball, that's what I'm going to be really excited to see Kayla do. But her bars and Beam are just stunning. And she almost got the stick on the dismount this week. It was like a small slide. And I know that she's going to be like in the gym working on that dismount. And when she gets it, I'm like kind of guessing like which which routine do I think Kayla is going to get her first 10 on? And I love to see her as a freshman, just having such a calm presence on the beam. Everything is so comfortable for her. She would be totally forgiven if she came as a freshman and had one of those kind of recovery seasons because she competed almost the full elite season last year. The only thing I saw in that gainer full is it's a little bit piked. I know everybody's adjusting to their new beam dismounts this year. Yep. She especially because she came from elite. But I think if she can just keep that open, that's going to help her stick that and might be her first 10, like you said. This NCAA code on beam is just like perfect for her because she can do the ones that she's fluent at and really just do them every week. I feel the same way about the dismounts. I think that that's something in general that Florida is really trying to work through on beam because most of their athletes had the side aerial full last year and they were ninjas at sticking in every single week for the 995. So it is kind of a little unsurprising to me that we're seeing these 9-8 type routines because of those new dismounts. But I, I give them a couple of weeks. I think that they're that's something that they're really focusing on in the gym. And I think that we'll see them start sticking those new dismounts. We have not seen Leah Clapper in the beam so far this season. I think she's a person that many people would have expected to see in the beam lineup. Do you think 
her time is coming. So she warmed up last week for Beam as well. I think that she had a little like ankle tweak at the beginning, like right before the season started. And with the depth that this team has, it just was so unnecessary to make her go up in any, like they have, you know, 12 beam routines that can go, don't put somebody up, might be a little bit off. She's an amazing beam worker. She really was like a solid 9-9 almost every week for the last couple of seasons. But I do think that she has to fight this year to make the lineup. I expect that we'll see her in the open spot. But I do think that the Sloan Blakely, Ellie Lazari, Kayla Leanne Tr- Trinity is pretty set. And it's, there are a lot of people fighting for that that spot that's remaining that B had this week. And I think she made a pretty good case for it being her. So, you know, we'll see. Another one is Rachel Bauman. Like, we haven't seen Rachel Bauman in the Beam lineup. We saw her in exhibition the first week and she did a great routine. So... I do wonder if they might put V and Rachel up next week against Georgia, just as like a little kind of snarky reminder. <laughs> I I personally would do that, but I'm a little snarky. So I do wonder if we'll see Rachel next week against Georgia. But she's another one that you kind of can't imagine that Rachel Bauman would not be in your beam lineup. But you have Morgan, V, Rachel, Leah. You had Peyton go the first week. So you really just have this like overwhelming additional depth and that event of people that are training and could go in anytime. Yeah. Yeah. So it's really about who's on that week, who's ready to fight. And I'll say we also saw Riley warming up beam at that meet as well. So she's another one that is, you know, certainly a possibility for making a beam lineup. I would be surprised to see Sloan or Ellie or the three all-arounders not in the final B lineup. But I think that in the next few weeks, now that they've settled in, it's like, okay, well, let's get to see something else. Let's give, yeah, let's look beyond this season and make sure that people have had opportunities and experience as we had in the future. Projecting into the future, we're not going to have Trinity for sure. We may not have Leanne, depending on what she chooses to do. We obviously won't have Rachel or Savannah, or Leah. So, you know, giving those other athletes the opportunity to get in and be ready to go will help build a base for next season as well. Uh, The other big highlight for me in Florida's beam rotation, and coming off of a less than ideal floor routine where Leanne was a little short on her Arabian double pike and missed that jump, I thought she came out with an absolutely terrific beam routine. Her split jumps and leaps are so pretty. And again, kind of like bars, she can just finesse everything and it's so solid and feels like butter. Yeah, it's it's that same patience on Beam that she just like waits and like kind of holds in each skill with this like extra added level of just perfection. I think that she is really settled in on beam already this season her confidence on beam this season with the routine that they've constructed for this season is just a level above where it was last year and she just seems so much more confident and i think that that is really showing in her scores i mean she obviously got her first beam 10 last week and that was a beautiful, beautiful routine. Just so stunning. And then Bama's on the floor, of course, in the final rotation. We also saw some new folks on this lineup. It was Shania Adams' first floor routine of the season. And she got her career high. I was super impressed with her floor routine. 
Anytime she did floor last season, it seemed like there would be one pass that was maybe just a little bit off, like either her conditioning or maybe just her mental fortitude in terms of getting through all the skills in a routine at the same time wasn't quite there. But it feels like something's clicking with this new coaching staff. She opened with that huge double pike, which was right on, no slide on that. And then she ended with the one and a half to front layout, which looked great. Everything was really solid and her dance looked great. She looked comfortable out there. So I thought that was a big, a big highlight for Bama. Yeah, I, I really liked her routine and I was happy that she was rewarded for it. I thought that the nine, nine was a, a quite, you know, I mean, it's SEC scoring, but it was a pretty fair score for that routine. Kind of just sort of like lit the fire under the carols for the last part of the rotation, which was kind of amusing to me. But yeah, I'm happy to see her back. And especially that first routine after the two at the beginning of the rotation were not really as strong and not, you know, they both scored under like 975 or under. And so really to see her come out with that first routine and kind of not think about that and have everything put together. I was very happy to see that as well. Yeah, you mentioned the first two scores were a bit low. Cam Machado went in the second spot, and it was actually her first floor of the season as well. And she did a very nice job. It was just on the final double tuck. She was really short and had that big lunge forward. It actually looked like her leg buckled a little bit to me. So I'm imagining that is just her getting in routine shape, and we'll probably see her in future weeks, and she'll have that well under control. It's January, you guys. <laughs> That's right. It is January. And then you're right, the fire got lit with Shania. Now, I wouldn't say that Gabby Gladio necessarily got overscored because she also had a really great routine. That full in is so high. It's huge, yeah. And she did not have a landing deduction on that. And then her front layout into Rudy and the split jump seemed right on this week. That's one of those that can go a little bit squirrely sometimes. But I thought hers was right on. It's when Lily Hudson went up at that five spot. I think my note was, there's some home cooking now because she did. Looked at the scores, like which judges gave which. And I just think that the the judge that gave Trinity Thomas, Gabby Gladio, Lily Hudson, and Louisa Blanco all the same 995, I, I have questions. I would say I have some <laughs> questions there. The judge won on the floor. I have I have some questions. I also thought that Gabby's score of the nine nine was very fair. It was that it was the nine nine five nine eight five split that I was like, could we have just both gone nine nine? That seems much more rational here. And then yeah, I love Lily Hudson on floor. I really find her routine to be great. But she had that big landing production this week. Her two and a half twist dismount. She's one of the few that does that, and she can really stick it. And, you know, week after week, she nearly sticks that. This one was off to the side. There was a little hop. She tried to keep from going out of bounds. You know, that definitely was overlooked in the scoring this week. <laughs> I mean, it happens. It It's an SEC meet. It was sort of unsurprising. It was a little surprising to me that with Florida so far ahead, that right. the judges still like had this sort of like end of the last rotation need to start home cooking. I was like, it, they they kind of fall on bars. Like it's not right. you don't need to be given the nine nine fives here for not nine nine fives. Right. They said it was nine tenths of part, not one tenth of part. <laughs> right, exactly. I did think that Luisa Blanco had like she really has a beautiful routine, and I was really 
happy to see that as well at the end of the rotation, especially like you said about her like sort of nasty looking fall on beam last week. I was like, oh, good. She's like back on three events. No problem. Right. I was very happy to see that. Yeah, I think it it, it just makes me laugh seeing that that one judge that gave all four of those athletes the same score. And I was like, not sure about that. The one job is to appropriately rank the athletes. And yeah. You didn't even rank the athletes. You gave them all the exact same number when the performances were clearly very different. But I agree. Luisa was a great way to wrap up that rotation. Her double pike and double tuck were both very solid, strong landings there. She has a great music change where she goes into the illusion, into the role. That's just so pretty. And there's not a lot of gymnasts that can pull that off. I can talk about Larissa Blanco for hours just because I love the extension and the commitment to the flexibility and the, you know, using her whole body and all of her performance. It's very similar to V in that way that she just like really extends and sort of makes this like full body performance, which not every athlete is either able to do or takes the extra like step to do that. Bama finished with their team high on floor for this season, 49.425. That was great to see. And again, another step in that, how can you really respond to a challenge? I imagine they're going to get that bars rotation cleaned up. I'm looking forward to seeing them in the following few weeks. They're ranked a little bit lower than I think their talent level shows right now. And I think part of that is that there's just working through some of these lineups. I'm expecting to see them have one of those top two rankings heading into regionals and would love to see them in a position to fight to get to nationals again this season and of course florida depending on how you're looking at the rankings right now they're either one or two <laughs> bart kept saying number two and i thought Ooh, i think sam's gonna say they're number one right now <laughs> yeah well it's because of the oklahoma meet being on monday and them being like a hair behind and i would say so florida had a 197.325 which is certainly nothing to squawk at for an away meet in January. But I do think that Florida will be wanting to go home and look at some of the things that they left left on the floor and look at where they want to be. I mean, logically, they want everything counting at the end of the season to be basically 198 or close. Um, again, it's January, but this is their first away meet score. So it will be hanging around in their NQS for a while. So they're definitely going to want to go home and start thinking about where where they lost those tents and where they could bump that up into the higher 197s. But I think it was like an extremely good progress meet. I mean, Florida had no real big misses. The, the big miss would have been Morgan's floor, but that's still like, she still completed all of the skills and still like really fought through that to the end like you said the lowest score they counted was Sloan Blakely's 9775 on bars and I think that they still definitely have two bulls in their vault lineup I do think that Brie Edwards bull could remain throughout the season she's a pretty solid like 9-8 something bull but they definitely will want to replace Chloe Clark's 9775 bull with a one and a half but Alabama is a hard environment to compete in I know from not only like the scoring perspective, it's not like going to LSU where everybody gets 9875 or above, regardless of what their routine is. Or Auburn like, last year. For or Auburn last year for the same thing. So Alabama does tend to be like a little bit more tight and sometimes especially on the away team. So they do find that when they go there, they it is a tighter scoring environment for them. And really just to get the early season win, I think was a big, a big thing for them. They, they're, I was 
looking at it, the Florida Bama record at Bama is like much more surprising than you would expect. I think Florida's won like three or four times at Bama. And a couple of those have been in the last couple of seasons. So that's a very hard environment to compete in. And I think that they should be very happy with where they're at right now. Certainly. And of course, their first road meet of the season, um, yes. being such a huge SEC matchup, it was both teams' lowest score so far this season. Alabama's going to be on the road against Kentucky next week. Again, of course, hoping to clean up some of those challenges they had this meet. They showed two Teddo bolts this week. They've shown as many as five in previous meets. So I know that they're working to get some of those back into the lineup as well. I'm interested to see how they look when they meet each other again at the SEC championships. That will certainly be, I think, obviously a more full picture of what the postseason will look like. I think we'll see very different performances from both teams. <laughs> Come March. Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. I know we spend a lot of time in Florida, Alabama. Do you have a few more minutes to run through sure. Illinois Rutgers? Yeah, Great. let's talk about some of the stuff I saw. It was really so fun. You were on the road yesterday. I was. <laughs> and I got to watch that meet as well. Really, really fun meet. Um, Rutgers beam record. They said on the, the commentary that it was a 19-year beam record that they beat yesterday that's a really exciting team lots of young folks working their way into these lineups elia aired is one of the athletes from Rutgers who really stood out to me she's got such a casual style and you think oh she's just gonna have a great time she's gonna do a great job but like technically she's such a great gymnast and she's very strong and Everything she, like from her beam to her tumbling, she's a really exciting gymnast to look at. <laughs> yeah, she was actually one that really surprised me in person from her vault. Like her vault was very strong. She came out with a 9-8 on vault and she just sort of like never let up through the day. I would say to those that play fantasy gymnastics, she might be someone that you'd want to look at picking up because she did get 9-8 plus on three events. And I think she could definitely do go higher bars she was really just like a joy to watch i found her so just like calming to watch like you said like she just really was a strong gymnast and somebody i had never watched before i was expecting to have my eyes on hannah joiner and emily Leese, who i obviously did but she sort of caught my eye in a very good way that beam rotation is great and so then great. they showed two other beamer teams in the exhibition spots as well and so i think that that beam team is really going to be breaking more records for records this season i mean led by hannah joiner who is just like gorgeous to watch on beam i was mm. just waiting for her beam because it's such a great routine and she put together like a really really full all-around performance yesterday for that 39.525 i really like watching her but she really leads that beam rotation for all nine eight scores the thing about hannah joiner that really stuck out to me on the broadcast yesterday her leaps are so beautiful i mean Maybe. she's a powerful gymnast i mean you know that beam is of course one of her specialties but you don't always expect to see these high beautiful 180 degree split leaps from a more powerful athlete and it just means that she's really well-rounded and she has it all. <laughs> she uses her power to propel herself into those big leaps. I think we see a lot of the more powerful gymnasts that maybe they do 
have the height, but they don't really use the time that they're in the air to like fully extend to that 180 and really stretch out their legs. She has so much time in the air because she's so powerful and she really uses it to extend. I was impressed with her on bars. Bars is not generally her strongest event. She's generally strongest on the other three, beam and floor being her main, like really strong event. And her bars for the 9-9, which matched her career high yesterday, was they were so great. She really showed good control on her handstands, good position. And I was very, very impressed by that, especially when they needed a good score. They didn't have the best bars rotation yesterday. And she stuck her double layout. <laughs> she did, which was very surprising. And everyone in the arena there was really, really excited for her. Another person in fantasy that I've kept my eyes on, because I have one team that's really lacking in bars. Rutgers anchor Avery Balzer has been getting really great scores and uneven bars. And I had never seen her routine. She's got amazing handstands. Like every handstand is right up to the top. Looks beautiful, has gorgeous toe point. She was a little short on her double layout this week, which is why the score was a little bit lower than what she's accustomed to getting. But great basics on bars. So that's another great pickup if she happens to be available in your league. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think if you're lucky enough that Emily Lease is available in your league, that's someone that I would move to the top of your pickup list as well. She has a one and a half on vault that she had stuck before. She had a little hop yesterday and she was a little off center. So she got a 985, but it was still a great vault in the air. It looks really, really nice. And she's really come out on floor this season as well. She's their anchor, which, you know, when you're the anchor and Hannah Joyner is in the fifth spot, you better be pretty good. And she got the 9875 yesterday, but she got a 99 earlier this season and her tumbling, she does a full in, I believe is the first pass. And it's huge. Huge. So I'm really excited to watch her. And I think if you need a vault, she should be someone you're absolutely looking for. Someone else who really stood out to me, they had a, a weaker vault in the second spot yesterday. They had an athlete who didn't quite complete her Yurchenko full and was very low. So then the third spot was sophomore Anna Pagliaro. And for her to go up and just have a really strong vault to get the team right back on track, I thought that was very impressive to see. Yeah, I did too. I was impressed with how many 9-8 plus vaults in general this rotation had. She really kept things on track. And then she also came up with a high beam score in 9-8-7-5 as well. So I, she's sort of that elusive like vault beamer, which is very hard to find. So, you know, not to give away the secrets, but if that's something that your team is lacking on as well, I think that you could get two really great routines from her. I, I was impressed with Honestly, both the Illinois and Rutgers vault rotations. At Rutgers, you're like sitting right next to the vaults. So you're very close to where the vault landings are. And you really had the opportunity to see who had the elevation and who had the actual like pre-flight entry to the vaults from where you're sitting. And I was pretty impressed. I thought that the 9-8 scores were, you know, pretty strong for these athletes. I did think I was kind of surprised at the end of the meet as well. This got a little bit fairly from my perspective, which I was like, oh, at Rutgers, they must be moving up in the world that some of these routines are getting a little bit carefully. But I really did think that both vault rotations were great. For Illinois, Mia Towns, oh my goodness, she is just like, she's already starting to have another great season. Her vault and her floor 
were excellent yesterday. I think that you, I posted it, but you should go watch. Anyone should go watch her more if they haven't, because it is so joy, so much fun. She performs with such energy and such like just performance quality. So you should definitely go check her out there. Her, she fell off theme yesterday, which was really quite upsetting because she was having such a strong day. And I was like, Big 10 specialist of the week question mark before she got to beam, but she really has a good beam routine most weeks. So that was really, really great to see. Isn't she coming off of an injury from last season? Yeah, she was in and out last season, came, maybe came back at the end. I remember looking at her for fantasy and being like, oh, she only did so, you know, a few, few routines. Um, but she was her one and a half is great to watch in person. When I saw her floor, it made me really wish that I had put her in my lineup this week on fantasy. She's been a little inconsistent her first couple of weeks. So it was great to see her come through and put together great vault and floor, like you said. Some of the other outstanding performances for me on Illinois, well, they started on bars, of course, because they're the visiting team. And unfortunately, they had two falls. So that's what really set up a very, very close meet for the whole rest of the meet. It was very, they fought back on vault and got within contention and it stayed very close for the last two rotations. Unfortunately, Mia Takakawa was one of the falls that they had on bars, but Olivia O'Donnell in the fifth spot, I've seen her in fantasy, of course, and the great scores that she gets, but I had never seen her routine and it's just technically perfect. Like her swing is so beautiful. Her handstands are so beautiful. It's a joy to watch Olivia O'Donnell swing bars. I was also really impressed in person with Mallory Mizuki. She got that 9-9 and her bars go really, really strong. And she's not somebody that sort of jumps into that like conversation of the sort of top Illinois athletes that often. So I was really impressed with her. I will say Mia Takakawa's bars score was one of my like question mark, Carol, are you at the meet? So she got a 9-4, which was actually a 9-4-5, 9-3-5 split for a routine with a fall. And I was like, I wow. love Mia Takakawa. She's beautiful. I thought that her, I think her beam work is stunning. But I was like, oh, was it a 995 with just a fall? Is that what it was? So that was one of the scores where I was like, oh. And then normally when you score a fall and everyone's like, oh, well, they're not going to count in any way. But they counted that score because they'd had the earlier fall in the rotation. So I really did. That was one of the scores where I was like, oh, Okay, that was a, that was a choice that we had yesterday. A nine four for a fall. Special shout out to Rachel Borden. Many of us might remember her story. She had been on the club team at Illinois and walked on to the the varsity team a few seasons ago. It, she's a, a super senior now, I think. So yeah, we've been yeah. enjoying her beautiful bars and beam for several seasons now. She was in the exhibition spot on beam yesterday, but in the bars rotation. She has interesting skills on all of her routines. She does the giant half Rudy dismount on bars, that beautiful plunge, I think, to open her beam routine. Yes. She's a great athlete, and we will miss seeing her after this season. Yeah, a couple others from Illinois that I would want to highlight from being there in person. So I think she goes by Ruthie, who competed over the summer, actually, for, I believe, India in the in the sort of elite season. And now she's back. She, her vault is great. I actually have her on one of my teams. And she came in on the bean lineup yesterday and did a 9875 routine that was really, really stunning that her dismount was like so impressive. She was originally one of the athletes that I was like, 
when I got her on my gymletics team, I was like, interesting. I haven't really followed her. And I was sort of like, oh, well, I don't know if I'm going to hang on to her if she's going 9-8 on vault every week. Like, is there anyone else I might need? But she pulled out that beam routine yesterday and I was like, okay, I will be hanging on to her and she will be pushed up in my lineup choices. Speaking of athletes, yeah, who have vault and beam as an outstanding routine, that's pretty rare. And she's got it. Her beam looked fantastic, 9-8-7-5 yesterday. Yeah, and another one was Abby Mueller. She didn't really get the sort of attention that some of the other athletes on the team got but she has three events that all went nine eight five or above so she was somebody also that i was like "Mm, fantasy training pool move her up the list went nine eight five on vault and beam and also had a nine nine on floor yesterday so she is another one that if you need some extra routines on three events I would definitely look to see if she's in your trading pool. I really enjoyed watching her on Beam specifically. I thought that she had a great routine. I will say just like from a being in person perspective, the Illinois parents, just like hilarious. They are so energetic. They are so into their routines. I saw, I think at least two of the dads were like live streaming on Instagram from what I could see, or maybe even Facebook, you know, these are the dads, but they were like, they had their, you know, full overall suits on and they were live streaming their daughter's routines. And it was just like, it's so cool to watch how the parents get into it as well. I don't have the opportunity to sit near the parents that often. And they were so funny yesterday. Were the overalls orange and blue? They were. They were orange and like navy. I think that was the same ones at the Auburn, the, the gymnasties wear as well. Yeah. Ohio, Florida has some that are also the orange and blue, but it has a brighter blue. So it must be some company that supplies these for just this very yeah. thing. But I love the crew of dads wearing those. <laughs> it reminds me of like, my dad having to go to like watch the Nutcracker all times while I was in it. And just, you know, just the dads, it just makes me laugh. Like seeing them get so into it. And like, yeah, my dad having to go to like dance competitions and Nutcracker performances and not being a dancer, you know, fan, but still like, of course, supporting daughters. Like it was just made me laugh a lot. The one athlete, I think her name is Tolly. She had like a huge cheering section i don't know if she has family from the area or something like that but after she went on floor and got that nine eight there was like this raucous in the stands and i was like wow all right you know they they traveled very well those fans that's awesome two other illinois routines that i thought were worth mentioning really stood out to me ariel ward on vault the score isn't quite there yet because the landing isn't quite there, but she does a Yurchenko full and it was super floaty. Like she's got great technique and got lots of height. And I thought, keeping my eye on Ariel Ward, maybe later this season or maybe next season, that's going to be a huge vault score. And then on beam, unfortunately, Illinois had a, the break that we mentioned for Mia Towns, yeah. right? which set up sort of a must-hit situation for Mia Takakawa, and she came through with an excellent routine. Beautiful leaps, great tumbling, stuck her gainer full, scored a 9-9-2-5. So that's exciting when the, a team gets sort of backed into a corner and then someone comes through like that. Yeah, for her, I don't know if it was super evident on the broadcast. She did have a little break on the landing of her series, and mm. she really fought 
I think that she fought so hard that the judges missed it because we were sitting at sort of a different angle. And so we could see where she was going sort of sideways as opposed to front and back. And I don't know if the judges saw it, which I think in the score was like evident that they maybe didn't. But you could tell how hard she was fighting in that routine after because she did know that, you know, it, that routine w- would have decided the meet. Yeah. You know, going into that rotation that Illinois had pulled forward a little bit, even even from the the fall that they need to count, which was her fall. Even with that, you know, the fall from Mia Towns, it was like, okay, well, Mia Takapawa has to hit, has to stay on the beam. And she also needs to go above maybe a 9-7 in order to get that win. And she she really, like, you could see the grit in the fight. There were some excellent exhibitions from both teams. I was great that the broadcast showed most of them. So we were able to see kind of the routines and development, a lot of freshmen that were being worked into lineups. The other thing from the broadcast, Crystal Charlotte Norton, former Rutgers head coach, was one of the commentators. And if I recall correctly, she's also on the NCAA Rules Clarification Committee. So when those new letters come out and explains what you're getting the deductions for, what you're not, those are usually written by her. And so it was really interesting to hear her commentary. As someone missed a leap combination, she would explain, she's going to miss her combination there, so she's going to have to throw something else in. Or there she gets her combination for this. In order to do up to the level, she's going to have to do this. So for a gym nerd like me, who's always watching and keeping track of the requirements and the the deductions, she's a really cool commentator to listen to because she has that inside knowledge on all those deductions. I think that the best types of commentators are the ones that can teach you something and the ones that treat the listener or the fan as somebody who's like able to learn and be smart about gymnastics. As a new commentator, want to like take into my repertoire is like be able to teach something when you're commentating. Don't just treat the fans like they will never be able to learn these things. I mean, gymnastics is a hard sport to understand. And even a lot of gymnastics fans don't like know all the skills and know all the deductions and know all the code. But, you know, treat your fan like there's somebody who wants to learn more. And I think that's great. Yeah. So shout out to her, Crystal Charlotte Norton. Great job. And if you have a chance to listen to a Rutgers meet in the future, hopefully she'll be on the call too. And she's a fun commentator to listen to. That's great. Yeah. So Great meet by these two teams. Like we said, Illinois ended up pulling out the win by two tenths. So great Big Ten matchup. Where are you headed next? Yes. So um, next weekend, I'll be at Maryland to see Maryland versus Michigan State. And this is one of the meets I've been waiting for since the schedules came out. I was like, I will not schedule anything over this because I'm so excited to see Nikki Smith and Kyla Schulte in person. So next weekend, I'll be local. I'll be at University of Maryland to see Michigan State. And I think it's actually the first time that I'll be seeing Michigan State as like a full team in person. And so I'm just really excited to see that. Maryland also puts on a great meet. They have a huge, huge, huge arena because it's their basketball arena. And they do like great graphics and things on the Jumbotron. So Super excited to see that. So that's the next week. And then the following week I is when I'm heading down to Raleigh to get to see NC State and UNC with Western Michigan. So a couple That'll of That'll be a great mashup too. UNC looks great this season. So yeah, yeah, I'm really excited to see some of their freshmen. And 
Lolly returning from injury as well. I think that they are, you know, they're a team to watch. They've been a team to watch, but with this new coaching staff and with a lot of great recruiting, they're really like making a push for making it out of that first round of regionals and into the main regionals bracket without having to do the play in this year. So I'm really excited to get to see them in person. And I think it's going to be my sister's first gymnastics meet that she's going to go to. So I think she's going to come with me. One thing I'm keeping my eye on with North Carolina this season, maybe because I have her on my fantasy team, but Hallie Thompson was rumored to be returning from injury this season. And we haven't seen her in lineups yet, but fingers crossed she'll begin working her way into lineups as well. That would only make that team even stronger. Yeah, I think that the interesting thing about going to meets at a lot of different schools with a lot of different teams that I don't know is that I don't go into the meet knowing who to look for as much. So like yesterday when I was sitting there watching Rutgers and Illinois warm up, I was like, oh gosh, I need to figure out who all these people are. I had the roster with the pictures up on my phone trying to figure things out. So I'm definitely going to keep her in mind. And if we don't see her in the lineups next week, keep my eyes open for what she's doing in the warmups and things like that. I always like to you know, look for the athletes that people are kind of hoping to see and see if we see anything from them. In right. Just like at Florida, I obviously look to see, you know, what Riley's doing in, at Orlea in the warmups. You know, I'd love to be able to keep my eyes peeled for some of these other athletes that we haven't seen yet from other teams. Great. Well, yeah, please let us know if you see <laughs> Hallie Thompson and what she looks like. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining. Or do you think you'd join us again sometime in the future? Of course. You know me. I love to talk about gymnastics. And I think we always have a really, really fun time. So I know this is going to, I think, be our annual Florida versus Alabama. But as I go see more stuff and get the opportunity to see more teams, always willing to come back and chat about more gymnastics. Florida is my my home team, but I... I'm branching out to a broader Northeast and East Coast this year. So seeing a lot of beautiful gymnastics. And if people want to reach out to you and debate who should be in that third (laughs) spot on beam for Florida, how can they reach you? Absolutely. I would say the best place to reach me is on Twitter. I'm at Dr. Sam underscore PhD, and I will talk about all things gymnastics there. You can also find a lot of the stuff that I'm doing on my website. So my website is samanthamarshallphd.com and I have a little ticker on the front page that has the most recent things I've done. So any of the most recent podcasts, commentary, articles and stuff is all listed there as well. Amazing. Well, we look forward to hearing your next commentary gigs when those might be and hearing about the rest of your travels this season. Yes, look forward to talking to you again soon and look forward to battling it out in our fantasy league. That's right. Well, that hasn't been much of a battle so far. You've been so far ahead of me. (laughs) Thanks so much for joining me. Thanks, Kent. We'd love to hear from you. What would you like to hear us discuss next? You can reach out to me on Twitter at KentyMac or email KentyMac at gmail.com. Please subscribe and rate us wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, check out some videos of these conversations on my YouTube channel, KentyMac Gymnastics. Thank you so much for listening. See you next week. Stay safe and enjoy gymnastics. Double back with Kenty Mac. And do you see the puppy next weekend?
I will see, yes, the puppy when I go, of course. That's part of the main reason for going is to get to see the puppy. Obviously. <laughs> of course. Auntie my Sam. Mother, yeah, my mother actually brought her little dog over. When we watched Florida, Alabama together, her, my boyfriend and I and the dog. So the nice. dog came over to join us for Florida, Alabama. And he was a great watcher of gymnastics. He sat on the couch right behind my shoulder, staring at the TV. So, yes. The dogs are a big part of the NCAA gymnastics experience. 